Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad, the raw, unfiltered, crazy, funny, wild, sometimes difficult side of those living outside of the normal nine to five. So get ready, sit back, because here are some crazy nomads. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. I am super excited to have my friend Ethan on today, multifaceted person who has so much going on. I can't wait to hear his backstory to tell you guys and what he's been doing in Bali. So thanks for coming on, Ethan. Thank you for having me, awesome buddy. <laughs> super everyone. excited. Um, excited to just kind of give people a backstory into, you know, how you've gotten to where you are now with everything going on. Yeah, well... I think uh, if I look back at it, it really started when I was in my early teens Mm -hmm. doing shows at home and realizing that I had some kind of passion for either business or putting on events. Yeah. Um, Because basically we would just do it with our family and friends. And there was one moment where I was talking to an old friend in one of the malls and she was opening a new store. It was a girl's store, like, I think similar to Claire's. Okay. Um, and she was saying that she wanted face painters and clowns and stuff like that. And my brother, my cousin, was actually working for a company that were doing that. So I was like, yeah, I got you, girl. You know? <laughs> got the connections. And then, basically, while I was riding home, I was like, why don't I do the job? Like, all I had to do was get the face paints and have them do it. Yep. And that weekend, my company was born. And I was working in a cinema at the time, so I always believe in speaking to everyone, from the owner to the janitor. Absolutely. And I think that obviously helped, because it's been a year in since I've been working there. And I spoke with the marketing director, Luana, just to, you know, do some face painting on the weekends. Yep. She said, yeah. And that really got me excited, and for the last... 17 years I can't stop (laughs) basically I think it's an addiction it's a good addiction to have though of all to have you know yeah I mean it's not for everyone yeah I'm not saying like there's been a lot of fails but I wouldn't really call it fails it's like learning learning lessons learning lessons um maybe more than success stories (laughs) but I think all of that also led me to where I am today yeah. Sure. Well, it's important to have those, like, kind of pivotal moments or things you're going to fail at because no one can say their business went, you know, from exactly. zero to everything with no fails in between exactly. and you're just lying. Exactly. I, I think um, one of the things I stand by is, like, to just start and fail and fail fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't be afraid of failure. I think, like, if people remove, you know, the thought process of failure, like, the they will at least try it and, you know, see what happens. Because obviously, like, you could do as much planning as you want and you still don't know if it will work unless you actually do it or follow what other people are doing. But even looking at an example may not be your reality. Yep. So I think for sure 
like I remember like every time I talk to my mom mm-hmm. like I have a new idea like even recently when I told her that I'm starting a magazine yeah you could see her eyes and you could be like oh lord have mercy <laughs> like Ethan come on <laughs> um but then when sometimes I ex- had I explain the reason because you should also have a good why yeah 110% and once your why is still strong then why not exactly <laughs> you know it's your driving factor yeah so just obviously once you have that why and you're not just doing it just to do it or just to get money or whatever the case is I mean that's another thing yeah um, it will work out yeah definitely 100% like I think that there's that big 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 fear of failure and that's what mm-hmm. stops people from doing a lot of things but I think if you think about it like what's the worst case scenario like I fail and then I go back to square one yeah. and I start something new exactly. but at least like you tried yeah I think for me it would have been that uh, regret I think that would yeah. eat me more like so many things that I've started recently I've had a new drawing on a drawing board for five years or even more yep um, so for me it it does feel like I failed myself because I haven't launched it yet in so long but I think also everything happens in its time 100% um so there's a balance of those it's like knowing that it's not that you're failing it's that it's just there it's just maybe you need a few more things um classic example i was right started writing my book when i was 29 because my goal was you know to finish this book at 30. yep but only started back up last year but what happened between that those five years actually made me even uh, I guess learn a lot more and build more of a network and explore more so it's even juicier yeah <laughs> than if I launched something in you know five years ago mm-hmm. everything so, has its time for yeah sure. exactly and I think people like if it doesn't feel like the right time, there's no reason to push it. Exactly. On the other end of that is like, you can't let the fear hold you back from pushing it. But there are some times when your intuition, you're just like, there's just, I I know it's just not yet. It is coming and I'm not going to like not do it, but I need to do it in the time frame that actually feels 100% right. But it's not like that. Don't play the safe game at the same time. Yeah. Because there's that whole failure to launch. Um, Like what I was mentioning earlier with regards to my online store. Yep. We started working on that last year, um, so it's been like a year and a few months now, and it's mm-hmm. still not officially launched. One because the mindset, because it's drop shipping. Yep. Um, drop shipping. I've learned only recently being in Bali. Yep. And it's a big thing in Bali. It's a huge thing, but the thing is, the mindset of those that do it is more like quick money. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of things that way. Like when I'm doing something, it's with a brand. Yeah. It's with something that could become something. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to risk that brand. So like my mom, she, she's a painter. Yep. So I got her to like order a few things to test it. And I wasn't happy with the one delivery time, but also the packaging. Which is massive. It's huge. It's like... My background is hospitality. Yep. Um, so I'm always about, you know, customer first and customer experience. So when I saw that, like, that is not something, especially in this world where of, of the popularity of unboxing and, 
you know, sharing on social media is a yeah, thing. hundred percent. No one will want to unbox this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so you don't want that. That's what I want. I want that experience of, you know, if a creative influencer or content creator is opening up something, they want to share it. Yeah. So I kind of slowed down, but knowing that it will happen, which is what you said, it's like, you know, the same with the, but I, I don't want to touch into so many things because we haven't really started talking about it. <laughs> but like, basically, it's okay to recess and like, be ready. Yeah. Because sometimes it could just be, you know, money or an idea that you could kickstart or something to just get it to the next step. But yeah, don't wait too long, I guess. Yeah, you want to make sure you're waiting for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know. Um, but you said we can go back into your backstory of like, obviously these are the events, and then before you came to Bali, you were in Dubai, right? I was in Dubai. Yep. Um, I was in Geneva actually before Bali. Um, so just a quick rewind. Um, I left Trinidad, where I'm originally from. Yes. Trinidad to the bone. Yo yo. <laughs> um, left Trinidad when I was 24 after like four years of, you know, doing the company there. Um, to work with Emirates because okay. my mom was already living in Dubai and my brother so I was like why not yeah um, so that was 2009 started doing Caribbean parties like five months in mm-hmm. while I was working at Emirates because I felt that I wanted to hear music from home yeah and they didn't have any they only had the boom 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 EDM yeah. and some R&B <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. um, so that started and I got addictive ag- again to like events yeah. So I had like that battle of Emirates, my own events, Emirates, my own events, and eventually my own events won. Yeah. <laughs> so after two years, um, I left Emirates and continued staying in Dubai doing Caribbean parties. Mm-hmm. I m- had the opportunity to meet JLo's band and dancers oh, when nice. they came to Dubai. How was that? It was awesome, life changing, actually. <laughs> really? Um, because I was in promotion, so mm-hmm. I took all of them out clubbing. Um, then went to the show, saw yep. JLo. She oh. shook my hand. It was so cool. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was totally fanboying. Yeah, she's a queen. Yeah. Um, but such a sweetheart. Yep. Then they came back the following year. I obviously, my, my main thing is networking mm-hmm. and building relationships. It's massively so. important. So I kept in touch with everyone mostly everyone yep so when they were coming back the following year which is normally fast for a, an artist like JLo yeah um so she was out of tour so she had to come for a week okay so they contacted me um to take them out again nice but this time I had a week with them wow so obviously the connections build yeah they grow and one of them told me like Ethan what do you do here you should come to LA and do so I moved to LA two months after oh wow um, knowing just them and my sister's ex-boyfriend yep. who I stayed by for a month mm-hmm. went to LA and that was just an eye-opener um, I created an event there um, a Thrive event mm-hmm. and I had like the NBA calling me because some basketball players were coming in nice and we had some act- I was like what is going on <laughs> <It's> LA <laughs> I know yeah and I'm like shit <laughs> like it was crazy. Like I had, I heard like Ti wanted to come, but my step and repeat wasn't ready. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. But obviously, again, maintaining and building relationships there helped me today. Yeah. Um, I moved back to Dubai, kept in touch with everyone, um, even flew. Now, like now, she's my uh, partner. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a award-winning publicist, Jane. Nice. Flew her to Dubai to do a talk on PR and stuff yep. like that. Then I moved to Geneva for three years, mm-hmm. and then came to Bali. Whew, yeah, whirlwind. That's, that's a uh, that's a quick highlight, <laughs> right? <laughs> a little highlight reel of everything. But like you said, like there are certain pivotal moments that kind of you know change. And like we talked about earlier before the podcast, um, which is like Bali, how like Bali can be such a pivotal change because of the circumstances that yeah. like you came into, because you came here before COVID. Before COVID, and I was supposed to be here for three weeks. Typical story Typical. for anyone in Bali. I think almost everyone in this podcast it's is like, the same thing. <laughs> you know, I, I I coined it the the Bali bug. Yeah. You know, everyone gets bitten. And they just end up here five years later, yeah. you know, after a one week trip. So basically, I came to do a retreat for three weeks. Um, Desi, who was on the podcast yep. recently, she came in from Trinidad. My brother and my friend from Dubai came across, and we did like a few events and workshops and that kind of stuff. I was supposed to go back to Geneva for the summer. Yeah. We already had plans with my friends and stuff to organize some events. And then Desi helped with my pushing. Yeah. You know, she she basically said, like, I'm not going back home. So I was like, okay, I guess I will come back. Because after doing the pros and cons mm-hmm. of living in Geneva versus living in Bali. Yeah. Bali won very easy. But what made it even better, excuse me, were the people. Mm-hmm. In that three weeks, the amount of awesome people that I met, I've not met so many awesome people in so fast yep. anywhere else I've lived. So that showed like a lot, like a lot of potential because I have not even been here a month yet. Yeah. So for me, it's like, shit, if I having this feeling in three weeks, imagine. Can imagine a year. Yeah, of course. And so sad, so done. I came back in two weeks with my suitcase and carnival costumes and everything. Yeah. And started to just meet people that were open, ready to collaborate, mm-hmm. ready to connect to you, ready to just help see you thrive. No yep. pun intended. <laughs> um, and to me, that was different. And yeah. I think Mama Bali, you know, is very selective also with the people that she keeps on the island. Mm-hmm. Because I've, you know, she so I've been told, and so I've seen, you know, the ratio of people that you have to sift through is a lot less compared yeah. to when I was living in LA. Oh, oh my God, 110%. It's like complete reverse. Yeah. It's like that 10% of the actual good ones in LA. Over here, it's that 90% of yeah. the good ones. Yeah. And that alone should just make you fly to Bali, I'm just saying. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> like, that's the one thing I really love about Bali and I think is so like important and just makes the change of anywhere else you've lived, you know, and I completely agree with that, is that the community, like, mm-hmm. you meet people instantly and people are like, let's clap, let's do this, let's do that. And all of a sudden, like, you have these people who are behind you and supporting you and like, exactly. want to see you thrive and you want to see them thrive. And it's just, like, a whole community of people who are all doing these cool things who just want to support each other and meet each other. And it's like, you don't have to go out to an event and be like, oh, my God, no one's going to talk to me. Like, yeah. you're going to meet people easily. People are going to want to know who you are and your story. And I think it's what makes Bali just 
such an awesome place to live. Yeah, I, I think like it did remind me of Dubai a bit, like a, like a mini Dubai. Mm-hmm. Like the expat community is very reminiscent of uh, Dubai. Yeah, obviously it's small in numbers in mm-hmm. terms of countries. Yep. Um, but that whole where are you from opening line yeah um was totally dubai and then the beach clubs and the lifestyle is mm-hmm. totally dubai obviously in a small aspect but still but then you also have that feel of big la where the quality of people that are here mm-hmm. are people that work with netflix they work they, yep. they do epic Forms. shit yeah you know and they're just here <laughs> you know like yeah. you wouldn't normally get chance to have these conversations with people if we were in their state 100%. or back in London or wherever. Yep. But the fact that they're here and they've accomplished so much and they just want to talk to you or help you or connect to you, it's just amazing. 1,000%. I think it's, you know, that's one thing that Bali definitely has that stands out from other people or other places, really. Um, so when you got here and then COVID, like, hit, how did that yeah, so affect so that was... And the funny thing is, like, uh, it was just when things were kind of going up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I got a consultancy job running uh, the same place I actually work at now, but it used to be called Backyards. Yeah. And we were redoing it, and we had a whole plan and everything, and then COVID happened. And I wasn't sure what the situation would have been like. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I also had things to do in Switzerland. Yep. So I kind of took that opportunity in one day to leave, mm-hmm. um, to try and go to either Switzerland or my cousin's place in uh, Belgium. Yeah, both places were well closed, so mm-hmm. I got technically stuck in London. Yep, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Why is because that? one, if I stayed in Bali, most of the things, if not all, that I was working on in London won't have happened. Yeah. I would have been sucked or caught up. Not sucked, because I would have enjoyed it, of course. Yeah. But going to the villa parties and the mm-hmm. the social stuff. Because my mindset at that point probably would just be, well, there's no events. There's nothing I could do right now. Sack everything off. Um, and just pretty much live life. Yeah. But London, because I was in this apartment by myself, mm-hmm. allowed me to think. And I was like, okay, what can I do that could give me, you know, income without events? Mm-hmm. Being in Bali helped because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, um, I was surrounded by, you know, people that have online stores and they were doing all sort of stuff. Yep. So I thought of doing the online store, but I did not want to do like the bamboo straws and the gym equipment and the other yeah. stuff that people would drop ship. So I thought that I have a, already a creative platform. Why don't do something around that? Mm-hmm. I met my co-founder for my app yep. um, here in Bali a okay. few months before COVID. Nice. So we were already kind of was starting working on that. Yeah. Um, just more distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we were working on that and that was being developed. But yeah. it w- would have been a while anyway before we launched. And then I decided to write my book. Um, like I pretty much did like a chapter a day. Yep. I just got busy and then I created a board game. Yes, the board game. <laughs> so the, the board game that I created then 
so a few years before that, I created a board game in Trinidad, mm-hmm. which is like a mixture of Pictionary and charades and trivia and okay. all that fun stuff. Yep. That is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to leave this apartment with a board game. Yep. Then I swear to God, not even 10 minutes into it, I gave up. Really? <laughs> because with those type of games, you have to write a lot of questions. Yeah, And things definitely. to do. I don't have that mindset right there. <laughs> Especially by myself. Like, that's yeah. something you do with, Socially. with, with yep. people. So then I created another board game called Icon. Mm-hmm. And it was based off of Monopoly. But a new wave of it. Where you gain yep. followers, you get paid based on your followers. And then you mm-hmm. level up from freelancer to professional to celebrity. Yep. And so on. So I came back to Bali. And that's what I printed. And that's what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this guy called Harry, who became my uh, my partner on the project. And someone at a game night said that the game is okay, but it's very dated. Because a lot of people now, with the new games, they don't yeah. roll and then play. Mm-hmm. That's what I was used to with Monopoly, yeah. Payday, and all these games. So we pretty much scrapped that uh, concept. Yep. We redid the mechanics, but then it still wasn't there. And then one morning, Harry woke up, and we sat down on the table, and a new game was formed, and that was the game of influence. Yes. We tested it ourselves. We loved it. Mm-hmm. We had a few people test it with us. Very basic. Yep. And they loved it. And we were like, shit, okay, we might have something. You have something there. This was October. Uh, no, this was September. Okay. Our goal was to get it out in before Black Friday. Yep. <laughs> Which obviously did not happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And back to what we were saying earlier, like, there was a gut feeling that told us, like, you know, we might actually have something here. Mm-hmm. And if we rush it, because we were rushing for Black Friday and for Christmas. Yep. If we rushed it, it's the changes and where it is right now won't have been what's out in the public. Yeah, absolutely. Um, seven months later, we're gonna launch this month, yeah. and so exciting! Like we, it's I don't know. It's so exciting to actually like this is my first product, product. Yep. But then after testing it a gajillion amount of times, seeing the people actually genuinely like the game, mm-hmm. you still have to play it. I know. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yes, um, definitely. But Please. actually seeing them enjoy it and like. If you think like Monopoly broke families apart, it, oh my god, my family used to make me let me win because I was like when I was a little kid, I was so bad, like I was so mean if I didn't win. So it's like one of those things it does, it, like breaks people up and people get mad and leave the game. Yeah. Like no, I can't do this anymore. But the thing is, like yes, it has that feel. Yeah. Because you because you, you give people scandals and yep. they lose followers, and because mm-hmm. the whole goal of the game is to gain as much followers in ten events. Yep. So yeah, you fuck people over, yep. but. We also put in, we put a few things there that encourages collaborations. Because that's, yeah. that's what we believe in, too. 100%. And what they realize is that when you collaborate, you both win. Yep. <laughs> and you actually win in a big way. Yeah, it's so just like in life. It's, it's, it's very interesting also seeing mm-hmm. the dynamics. So, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I lost my chain of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're saying the game, like, you, like it's turned into something fun now. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I don't regret 
you know, waiting a bit longer mm-hmm. for launching. Even the whole design of the game changed. Like, we brought in uh, our friend Jean, mm-hmm. who was just brilliant with regards yeah. to even the idea of changing the board from the start to the actual areas and all that. Um, it's like, I'm, I, I can't be happier. Yeah. For sure. That's good, though, because, like you said, you know, there's a gut feeling of being like, just maybe not yet, you know, yeah. but you're still working on it. And obviously, now it's becoming what it is and you're on your game nights to be launching so you know it turned into the product that you wanted yeah to put out there i think because i mean I, as soon as everyone sees it they're like is it monopoly is it like monopoly is it like monopoly yeah <laughs> we've heard that so many times that i'm like i want in the next you know few decades mm-hmm. people to consider this as one of those one games. of those games yeah you know and the only way that could happen is if you really because it is a unique game in terms of the concept yeah. and the play. And that's why I think for us, we know we have something that could really be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you, you only have one chance yeah. of a first impression. But yes, you could have a second impression, which is fine too. Because you have yeah. your beta phases. Always. Um, but I think you have a better chance when it's almost ready. Mm. doesn't have to be a completely ready yeah um, I remember reading something which is very interesting it's like if you actually happy with it you launch too late yeah and that actually if you look at it depending on what it is could make sense depending on what you're doing yeah um, basically what they were saying is you know let it out test it you know see what people uh you know, saying about it, mm-hmm. see if there's any interest at all. You know, like even when the magazine, that's what I'm doing now. Like, like trying to see who bites. Yeah, doing the market research. Yeah, but actually, actively still trying to make it happen. Yeah, of course. Um, but obviously, like if people are not biting now, then maybe the concept itself needs editing. Mm-hmm. But it's good to actually. I mean, luckily, we we are getting good feedback. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it's good until they start paying the check. <laughs> of course, of course. And I think it's really interesting, like, your concept, because, you know, influence in social media and all that stuff is now playing such a big role in our lives. So to have something that I think, especially, like, kids and people who are now just, like, so into it, it's intriguing to play something that, you know, kind of is a life you know, a game version of the life that people want to live, whether it's, you know, becoming yeah. that influencer, becoming that celebrity, being able to do all those things. And it collaborates really well into, like, your app and stuff that you guys are doing now, yeah, which so, I think is so cool. Yeah, I mean, the app, I think, um, it's going to be that next LinkedIn for creatives. I definitely agree. Um, I mean, they have others on the market that claim to be it mm-hmm. right now, and that's cute. You know, it's <laughs> <Of> cute. Of course. <laughs> But the thing is, we're building something that they um, have not as yet done. Like, we've been building community for eight years. Yeah. You know, with the events. Mm-hmm. And this is just obviously that next step. But the whole concept of what Thrive is going to be, um, they are not on that level. Yeah. And I think, for me, that's why I don't believe in competition. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in doing what you want to do focusing on that and making that better because it comes back to my first point of customer first yeah if your customers or your community is happy with it they will stay with you 
mm-hmm. even if the price is more. Yeah. You know, they, they're happy you're giving them value. You know, they're not going to have to look at anything else. So once you build that, who cares what Tom and Jerry is doing? Yeah. It's just, I mean, yes, they're bigger players and they have deeper pockets, but so what? Are they actually reaching out to their community the mm-hmm. way that you are? No. So basically, um, for those who don't know, the app allows creatives and content creators, models, to connect with each other, both locally and internationally. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to that whole ethos that I pretty much live by collaboration. Yep. It's just allowing people to collaborate easier. Yeah. Which so I think is super important. Definitely. So I'm going to give an example of like, ways people can use the app to collaborate and benefit like who like how you know different type of industries like all those things. yeah so for example um a photography a photographer no, a model yes is looking for a photographer mm-hmm. you know you could find you could search um in the filters for photographers in your area mm-hmm. you check their profiles you choose who you like you send them a message yeah or you post it in the collaboration segment mm-hmm. um if you're looking for someone to be on a podcast yep um if you're looking for a tiktoker to promote your sound mm-hmm. if you're looking for um film crew or if you're looking for locations soon that will be one of it nice. um so i mean there's so many user cases yep fashion designers for models mm-hmm. and stylists hair and makeup yep it's basically putting everything in this in your fingertips which is awesome because so I think it, there isn't really a place now to go. Not you go to, you go to Instagram and you have to type in and find someone's profile. And it's not that easy to and do. That, and that's exactly it. It's like yes, you could find these people on Instagram, but can you find them by location? No. Can you find them by uh, and see that data or see like hair or or like for example, a lot of people are musicians, so they have their Spotify, they have their YouTube, their TikToks and stuff. We're creating that one, one powerful link yep. that will have your strong profile. So you can watch in that one profile their music videos or their YouTube. You can listen to their Spotify. You can watch their TikToks. And you can see their Instagram feed. And their bio, their reviews and everything in one page. Yeah. And that's super awesome because, like, right now, like I said, I go to Instagram. Now I have to go to someone's, like, link tree or whatever. Exactly. And then go there and, and then then I'm going on three different platforms. Go, exactly. I mean, Linktree, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, you still have to click that link and then go into one of those things mm-hmm. and then go back into the Linktree to click the other one or whatever yeah. the case is. So what we're creating now is eliminating that. You click that one link in no bio and everything will play in the app. Yeah. So you're not, we're not redirecting you to another platform. Like you just stay within it. Which is, I think, something that you really, like I said, don't have. Like, there's times where I've been, like, looking for a photographer or something for content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being in Bali, I can type in photographer. But then I, like, then what? Yeah, exactly. Do you know I mean, like, now I'm looking through and I'm typing Bali photographer. But that might not be their Instagram name on there. So it's, like... Not only that, they can have the hashtag, but they're back in Russia. Yeah. Like, it could just be an image or something that they had and that they posted it. So you still can't know who is here unless they say that they're here or whatever but then even that everyone says that they're everywhere yeah 100%. Um, and then obviously the fact where we're adding that peer-to-peer reviews and ratings is that like yelp 
mm-hmm. you know, so you could really see who you're working with. Yeah. You know, you could, it's like that fiver, but in a more collaborative way. Yeah, because you could have somebody who could be a model is beautiful, but might be horrible to work with. Exactly. Or whatever yeah, it is, sure. you know. Yeah. But I think for me, it was more like, because even when I was in LA, I, I wished I had my own app then. Yep. Um, just to find like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Like even just to go for a drink. You yeah. Know? So people actually, uh, they messaged me because they found people already through the app and I was very oh, happy really? about that. That's awesome. Um, and they actually collaborated and worked on a few projects. So, I mean, there is something. We have almost a thousand users yeah. from around the world. So I'm pretty happy. Like we're, we're still working on that MVP, mm-hmm. which should be ready by the summer, July, yeah. August. Um, and then we'll officially launch because we mm-hmm. haven't launched yet. Yeah, we're still in our soft beta. But still, a soft beta have a thousand people around the world like who have already been able to collaborate. Yeah, pretty good for <laughs> for, Thanks. Not, Thanks. for not launching. <laughs> but I think it is awesome, you know. And like I, everything you do kind of ties into each other, which you know is obviously the way you want it, you want it to be because exactly. you can have your hands in a bunch of different things, but if they don't have one big platform, they're kind of. I all mean, that's my argument, for. though. I mean, I've. I swear, if I could, if I get a dollar for every person that told me you're doing too much, focus on one thing, Mm -hmm. I will probably need to not focus on anything because I'll be rich. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yes, they might be right. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mind also don't work that way. Yeah. And I've tried it. It just does not work. Um, If I see something or if I get an idea that I think could work, I want to act on it now than later. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, except for one or two things, they're all connected or something that yeah. I've, I've been passionate about. Um, because again, even the magazine, yes, some people may question, why a magazine? And by the way, we're planting a tree for every magazine. So, you know, oh, we care awesome. about the environment. Yeah. No, that is really cool. <laughs> um, because it is a print magazine. Yeah. But the thing is, with the magazine, now we're showcasing our thrivers. Um, we're advertising now yeah. about our apps and everything that we're doing. Um, so it's part of that ecosystem, you mm-hmm. know. The only thing that might be a bit left is a clothing line that I'm doing with a friend, yeah. Jean. Uh, which is targeted to surfers and skaters. <laughs> Might be a little left, but it's okay. But they, I mean, they deserve some love too. Exactly, <laughs> and I've always wanted to, to have a clothing line. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's cool designs. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, yeah. mo- like you were saying, most of your stuff all kind of ties in. You know, you have the magazine, you have the app, the board game even ties into the idea of exactly. the influence everything. Exactly, and then um, the podcast, like you know, that you're also doing. Um, they all kind of just go hand in hand in some sort of way so even if you're doing multiple things like they're all based in the same like platform that you have exactly for creatives yeah i think that is very important even with the podcast even my own co-founder at first was kind of confused why i was doing it Mm -hmm. and i was trying to explain like when we build that not only authority in the youtube space um we're giving value like the people we interviewed were you know Sean Paul's manager or Chantel who wrote Impossible yeah um like the Grammy winning writers or singers mm-hmm. 
their backstory for me anyway was very inspirational yeah because these people they grew up and some of them like in the islands in the caribbean mm-hmm. poor you know shared a bed with their brother this is rock city um who wrote man down and a few other uh can't stop the party for miley cyrus and stuff yeah but they started there and legit just you know grinded their way to the top and now they're grammy winners yeah so it's like i want to share those stories you know like because i think if you put yourself in their shoes especially where you might be mm-hmm. you could still see that there's a light yeah on the title because they were there 100 percent. you know and that i think because a lot of people they see the success but they don't really know how they got there yes they think everyone either sleep with somebody or they had money or one of the cases and it was easy for them but no you know so i think when they find out exactly how they pushed themselves to get there and fight against you know the current then hopefully they could you know change their life a little bit or keep on pressing on yeah and know that okay i've been doing this maybe for too long but it will happen yeah you know i think that's really really important is like someone's backstory to hear the struggles yeah. so many people see people online whether it's uh influencer or a celebrity and they're yeah. like their life I mean, just some, must be so I mean, easy i mean some people yes they they get through because of luck or, uh, yes uh, not luck but like you know you know they get viral and then now they yeah write or the connections and they're yeah. able to make it of course um but a classic example and I know some people may not agree with it, but it's interesting. Uh, Calypso Rose. Mm-hmm. She's a Calypsonian from my country, Trinidad yeah. and Tobago. Um, she's like in her 80s. Mm-hmm. Only in the last 10 years or less, she actually broke commercial. Like she actually wow. made it. Yeah. But in the Caribbean and people that know Calypso, they knew her for years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's... She's a powerhouse. But in terms of winning awards and being the oldest person to, to perform at Coachella and all yeah. of these things, like, at her age, you know, you don't even think of that. You, you think, like, oh, after 40 or 50 or whatever, it's like, wherever you're at is where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. But she traveled the world at that age. Like, I, when I was in Geneva, I went to her concert. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't get in because it was sold out. Really? Like seeing two thousand people from G- Geneva singing her songs. Yeah, this little old lady needing help to go on the stage. So for me, it's like shit. You could do anything. A hundred. And time, it's Genghis bumps. I know, right? Give me Because the same thing. Um, same with my late grandmother. It's like she got her doctorate when she was in her seventies or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But she was a granny. Yeah. You know, so seeing these people. You know, still pushing and achieving their dreams, no matter what age, I think motivates me. A hundred percent. I think it's something that's really important to say because I think people in the digital nomad or not even digital nomad, like the broad lifestyle outside of the normal like nine to five stuff, kind of all understand the concept that Mm -hmm. our age doesn't really determine our success. Like someone can be 30 doing the same thing as someone who's 20 or 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. and none of us have this like timeline of where we need to have success because everyone has it at different phases and I don't think there's judgment with that in this. Go back to nine to five life Mm -hmm. back at home and it's like by 28, 30, if I'm not have a house Mm -hmm. and have whatever and I'm promotion, 
I'm not going to be successful. But like in reality, it has nothing to do with it. If you keep pushing and going, even if you stay in that, you know, career space and you don't kind of break out and do your own thing, like it's that consistency that you have to have and the, like the grind to continue for, and not have to worry about like that timeline that people put on you for when success is. You mentioned something very interesting and sometimes I have to snap myself out of it. Mm-hmm. It's also comparing your life with others. Yep. Because being in Bali... I've seen so many different things that I am like, what was I doing in my life? <laughs> um, but yeah. obviously, I grew up in a different time. Yeah. Like, you know, I grew up around dial-up. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there was no Facebook and Instagram when I needed it. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like, I cannot really compare um, these, you know, younger ones that mm-hmm. may be more financially successful yep. um, at a younger age than me if I was younger yep um because of the opportunities that people have now in the digital world it's like that whole um e-commerce thing yeah the whole coaching culture mm-hmm. like or making thousandaires or millionaires for 22 years yeah you know and it's very interesting it is i met a kid who was who's here briefly he's like 19 and makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit like if you're from e-commerce and it's like i was 19 i was in university like taking shots every day going to class like hanging my friends doing whatever not caring about thing in the world but now like with the online space are all these people who are doing it so young i think like for me because i started when i was 19 with the business i had a problem with myself because when i was turning 21 I expect it to be somewhere. Yeah. When I turn 25, I expect it to be somewhere. Because then when you start so young too, it's like you just expect, mm-hmm. you know, you to be in a particular space. When yeah. I was 30, it was one of the hardest because I still was not where I thought I would have been. Yeah. But then I have to look at, um, I guess, the journey and know that, you know, yes, maybe I might not be where I thought I would have been, but look at what you've still done. Yep. You know, like 100%. I had to try and calm myself a lot though, because I, I went through a lot of depression, a mm-hmm. lot of disappointments. And um, I mean, that's why I can't wait to get the book out because I think a lot of people could resonate with that too. Yeah. Because not everything is what it seems. And I'm a, genuinely a smiley guy. Mm, yeah, definitely are. Um, but then sometimes, you know, I could use a hug. A hundred percent. I think, you know, Stacey um, came on to talk yeah. about mental health. And I think it's so, so, so it's important. It's a good month, especially. hundred yeah. percent. It's so, so important to, like, just talk about it and be, like, aware. Because, yeah. you know, regardless of whether you're living a life abroad, whether you're living at home, whether you're doing whatever, comparing your success, having perfection, whatever, your fears, like, not having to learn, learning how to handle that mm-hmm. in a positive way and pivot and turn and do whatever. Because... Like you said, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Exactly. But then, day like you, you look back at your journey, like I have come so far. And at the same time, like my time is still coming. Like it's mm-hmm. almost exciting if you like can kind of pivot your thoughts to be like, my time actually hasn't come yet. So I've been successful with all the things I've done. Like mm-hmm. maybe not to the point where I've expected, but I've like accomplished so much. And to only think it's gonna get better from here instead of being like, oh, it didn't get, you it's know, it's building blocks. Yet. Exactly. It's building blocks. And you hit a nail also with regards to especially in the remote digital world also trying to find um, your place within a community 
helps a long way mm-hmm. because we're all away from home. Yeah. You know, from our friends that we grew up around, our family, mm-hmm. our mother that our familiarity. Well, you know, cook us soup when you're sick. Yeah. Make you feel and better. <laughs> not having the right people around you could really add to that pressure. But when you Definitely. do find then you know you're a bit more relaxed life as you said like bali definitely helps with that because mm-hmm. um i've not lived long enough in a lot of places uh in southeast asia yeah. like the more nomadic mm-hmm. spots but for sure like bali provides that community as you said yeah. earlier and you, it could definitely help with your your mental health and it's nice to know that other people are on the same page, you know, or other people mm-hmm. can understand you. Because when you are away from home and you try to talk to people from home, they truly just don't, they try their hardest to understand, like, what you're going through, what you're saying, but they, they haven't lived it, so they don't know it. So having that community yeah. behind you is just massive to have. Yeah, because I've lived away for, like, 12 years, 13 years now. Yeah. Um, and even when I go home, obviously, the community, and the conversations that I have with some people back at home, it's obviously different. Yeah. But then the ones that actually traveled a bit, mm-hmm. um, they get me. Yep. My uncle was saying once, like, the government should pay for everyone to fly outside 100%. and come back in. Because their mentality for how they treat the country, how they treat each other, yep. will change. I can't agree with that more. And like, yeah. you know, Gary V. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching a video, I think it was yesterday, and some woman asked, like, can you explain like your thoughts on college and university? And he was like, listen, if you're going to pay for your kid to go, that's great. Give them the four-year vacation they're going to get. Unless they want to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever, their experience, like they're not going to grow. Their morals aren't really going to change. Mm-hmm. They're just enjoying a good time in university. It was like, Go send them away. Go send them to Europe. Go send them to Asia for exactly. a few months and travel. They'll come back and they'll be more like knowledgeable in themselves and worldly than they ever would be in those four years in university. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean, that's why, and it's uh, statistically proven now that even the marriage age and ki- people making kids has pushed. Yeah. So that's why they say like the 40s is in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Because we're in an age where, you know, people are more exploring themselves, they're exploring traveling. Yep. They're not tying themselves down as yet. Mm-hmm. So all of twenties to thirties, it's about that, and then they, you know, settle down in the forties. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting because back in the day, that was not the case. It's by no. thirty. I remember my father telling me, like, at thirty, twenty something, he had all four of us. You know, yeah, and that's just how it was. Life was different. I can't imagine myself with four kids. Oh my God, no way. No way. No I mean, way, I no want way. kids, but like, not now. No, I know. Definitely not. But I think it's like, it's awesome that people are, you know, kind of figuring themselves out before they do that. I think mm-hmm, there's so mm-hmm. much power in having, really understanding yourself, understanding kind of a world objective and being able to teach that to your kids. Yeah. Like, if you don't know yourself and you're not in, like, a secure place and you have kids, guess what? Like, you're only projecting that on them mm-hmm. when they grow older and stuff. But I think if you can kind of just really understand yourself, and you don't have to be super old to do all of that. Like, you can learn a lot when you're younger. But having those experiences, getting outside of, like, your country, going and traveling, seeing a different culture, like, go get humbled for a little bit a family, and come back. A family <laughs> that really did that well is the Swan family. 
Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. Ronda Swan, no. the Unstoppable Family. Okay. They created a whole brand around it. Yeah. But they had a mindset after like when Hannah Lay was born mm-hmm. of just you know traveling, yeah, leaving the states and leaving everything. And I think it was she was six. They asked her what she wants to be now, and mm-hmm. she said she wants to be a fashion designer. She started being a fashion designer at that age. That's awesome. Um, to the point of like I think her company was valued at a million dollars. Wow. Um, at eleven or ten, something yeah. like that. Um, because the parents just, as you said, like just lived like that's her. That was her studying. That was her college, mm-hmm. traveling and like interacting with people and cultures like I've spoken to like I was on Clubhouse a few months ago because that's when Clubhouse was Clubhouse yeah um and speaking to some guys in the states who have never traveled outside of the states or Mm -hmm. even sometimes in their own out of their own state yeah which for me is very strange um happens and it's it's interesting because it's like why I mean yes America has a lot to offer yeah um so yes explore that if that's what you want to do first because there's a lot mm-hmm. I mean America's huge it's massive um, but I think once you cross the pond <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just your your eyes will be open yeah you know like just even being more humble from where you came from depending on where you go yeah um, being more appreciative or just enjoying different foods and all the food yeah i mean just the people too like yeah. you learn so much from just people you meet from different cultures like to understand that people grew up differently than you and have a different perspective can really help open your own eyes like for sure my parents i was very lucky always kind of taught us like traveling is important my mom jokes now that she like raised me to be independent and i took it way too far and she was like <laughs> i wanted you to learn to travel and like do whatever and now you just like I go off my own and don't really care. Um, But, you know, my first few trips when I was older, when I was 18 or whatever, after college, like, those are the ones I came back and I was like, I actually am a different person. And But it's good. Like, you need to get out of your own bubble because, like, somebody needs to pop your damn bubble. You need to get out of it and, like, Mm -hmm, leave mm. because you won't really understand the world or different people or perspectives and have a good grasp on yourself if you can't step outside of, like, what you've known your entire life. Yeah, you need to also be more grounded. I think, and... Even going back home, like I feel, s- like it's it's sad even for like the ones that are not as open mentally and still yeah. have this small island mentality. Also, the we call it like the crab in a barrel mentality. Mm. It's like they also like a crab yep. will pull everyone down. Yeah. But I think once they get out and actually see and feel and hear and experience. Like, life changes. Like, people come to Bali, they've never touched being an entrepreneur in their life. Mm-hmm. And now that bug gets in them, and they're just, yeah. like, passionate about it. They create things in front of them, and now they're excited. You know, that's what traveling could do. That's what being in Bali can make yeah. you do. Isn't and it that crazy? cool. Yeah. And isn't it crazy to think, like, your app could actually help someone to do that like someone who's a creative who hasn't actually gotten out and can collab with someone and eventually like go to a different place and like see a whole different thing and kind of spark their life like it's a crazy thought I just can't wait until traveling happens because then the idea is to restart the exchanges Mm -hmm. which is what brought me here yep because even being here for two years and experiencing the land 
mm-hmm. and the waters of Bali. Like yeah. even that is inspirational and like you could get lost in yeah. thoughts. Um, so it is definitely a good place to come and just just find yourself. Yeah. Like you don't even have to do much, just do that, you know, like just being peace. Yeah. Like Bali has I remember going up north and it just felt like if I was in Europe. And then mm. you go down south and it's like cliffs and yeah. like epic sunsets. Like it's awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful I swear beautiful this is place. not a paid advertisement for <laughs> Bali tourism. But it but, should be. Right. <laughs> wink wink. Yeah, right. Um, no, but it is such a good place to come and you can learn so much about yourself. I've learned more about myself in the past six months than I probably have in terms of especially entrepreneurial type stuff. Um, just by being around the people I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's just it shows how much is out there and what you can actually do with like the potential of everything. Um, but do you want to plug in all of your things? People want to follow your, you know, uh, your app, your everything. I think, uh, or you I mean, personally. they can just follow me. Yeah. I have like everything in my profile. So yep. it's at Ethan Ogis. That's E-T-H-A-N-A-U-G-U-S-D-E. August <laughs> with the E. Um, and yeah, you could find all the other handles and everything yes. there. I try to keep everything on one page. Yeah, that's a smart way to do it, trust me. Um, But I think that people definitely could benefit from your app. I can't wait to play our game, which we're doing really soon. We are? Yes, we definitely are. I'm I'm doing a game tour soon, so I'm going to just go be bringing it to every household. Bring it on over, and yeah, we'll play. Um, But everything you're doing is awesome, and I can't really Uh, wait to And you too, I'm excited. Like I remember when we were talking... And you were telling me that you were going to start this podcast thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I love it. It's been great since. Um, but thanks so much for coming on. I had a Thank great time talking. Thank you for having talking. me. Yes, your story's been amazing. And I think people can, you know, learn a lot from, you know, where you came to where you are now and the struggles in between and all the lessons learned. Um, so thanks again. Uh, it was a pleasure. Perfect. Thanks, everyone, for listening keep up there's more episodes coming great 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 people on this wonderful island of bali so keep listening thanks guys all right if you are a new or aspiring entrepreneur who dreams of freedom and working from anywhere in the world click the link below and book a free discover call with me where we will break down the exact steps you need to take to make that dream life of yours an actual reality so we can get you started on the journey to becoming a digital nomad